This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Interest rates are higher, and if people don't like that, but you should be welcoming a stronger economy. And maybe a deal has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers. The United States is a country that has always paid all of its bills. Lannister always pays his debts. Don't let the bastards get you. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam, and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, g'day, Adam. How are we? Uh, doing very well, thank you. In fact, uh, first of my four-day work weeks now Ooh. for me. I've gone four days a week. Um, nice. I should let the boss know soon, but for now, let's just enjoy it. Massive show coming up today, Thomas. Uh, they say rent money is dead money. Well, good news, it's now borderline impossible to find a rental. New data shows consultants perform better using AI, begging the question, why use consultants? And forget golden tickets in chocolate bars, you can now buy gold bars from the supermarket, now with 100% more gold. But first, Thomas, lots of wobbles in the equity and bond markets last week. What's going on? Yeah, it's a bumpy, bumpy week in the markets last week. As opposed to the several weeks before that last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it was it was particularly all over the shop last week. <laughs> yeah, it was bumpy, and mm. big big thing was that the U.S. Uh, employment data came out and showed that uh, employers added twice as many jobs as economists were expecting. So big. Big jobs data. So job vacancies? Uh, no, like actual employment. Ah, oh, right. Everyone's in a job. Yeah, yeah. That was seen as very bad news. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. We don't want people in jobs. No, no. Joblessness and homelessness <laughs> is what we're going for as we're finding <laughs> out later. Yeah, the key metrics of capitalism. Yeah, there's inflation fears. The, the, the idea that inflation was going to stick around for longer, that rates would have to stay higher for longer, treasury yields leaped as a result as markets started reassessing the pricing for, you know, thinking that rate cuts were coming sometime early in the new year. That started to sort of a bit worried about that outlook. Um, but bonds are all over the shop last week. And then, then they did settle it down because there was some good news in the jobs data because the AFR reported the encouraging signal for the Fed, workers' average wages rose at a slower rate in September than economists expected. Oh, good. So good news there. <laughs> Fist pumps all around. Yeah. So we're so we're in this phase where bad news is good news and good news is bad news. Yeah, right. And that's kind of like, and that shows how dependent equity valuations are on what the Fed's doing and what where interest rates are going, mm. which is not great, I think. But that's sort of that's the post QE reality since since the GFC. So and how's our uh, how's our soft landing looking? Our Goldilocks scenario. Yeah, well, it's a bit yeah. Again, it's uncertain and interesting. Like Albert Edwards at Society General, we've covered him a bit in the past, but he's a, he's a bit of a bear by nature. Um, but he's saying he's never seen so much uncertainty about where 
where we're at in the cycle. It was it was quoted actually as saying, "Raw." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little, little bear by nature joke there that might have come a bit late in the timing, but <laughs> nevertheless. Yeah, yeah. But he looked at the equity market and said, this equity market is too hot and this bond market is too cold. Oh, that's a heaps better joke. We should get you writing the jokes. Uh... But no, he's, he's saying like we, we, you, you look at equity valuations and their price, he's saying their price for the beginning of a new cycle. So particularly tech stocks in the US have been having a great six months or so um, and the applied economic outlook in that is that we're through the wobbles of COVID and is up and away from here. And we're at the beginning of a new cycle and equity valuations reflect, reflect that outlook for profit. But, you know, you look at the, the, the wobbles in the bond market and that starts to look a little bit, yeah, you're questionable. Um, mm. And he's saying like into that scenario, if we do actually enter into a recession and we do have a jump in unemployment and we do have, you know, downgrades to, to the profit outlooks, then that really markets take that really bad because they're priced for the beginning cycle and if they hit the re- hit the recession and in entering into a, into the downturn phase of a cycle suddenly all that pricing is blown out the window right. uh, and then you get a bit of a crash and he's saying that's what happened in 1987 big uh, market sell-off then and you're yeah, looking at where the bond markets you like you're getting all ready like it'll be like when you get the kids ready to go to the pool or something like you get the bathers on sun cream floaties all the gear everyone's hyped pumped can't wait for the water slides and then pools closed, code brown, whatever it is, and that's just crushing. Yeah, you've got to take them home. Bad news for everyone. Yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> so what happens? What happens if we? So if we do get a recession, that's just it's it's going to be bad. That, well, that's that's what he's saying. Like we had we've had big, you know, like rates have gone up a lot as opposed to the good <laughs> recessions we've had in the past. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's got some insight, this fella. He knows. He's he's called it early. He said, look, if we get a recession, it's going to be bad. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Well, no, no, it's like, yeah, but it's 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 bad because it goes against expectations. So the stock market came off mm. in, in the tail end of COVID when once rates started going up, the stock markets came off quite a lot. We had that big bear market because people were pricing in a recession at that point. Markets were pricing in a recession. It didn't happen. Everyone went like, oh, maybe it's not happening. Now we're pricing in the beginning of an mm. up cycle. He's saying like maybe that recession just took six to 18 months to, to land. And we haven't seen that. Remember, the, the key we're looking for here is the, the employment data because we don't get recessions until we start to see layoffs. And that's what that rise in unemployment leads a recession. And we haven't seen that yet, but it still could happen. And he's saying particularly small to medium enterprises as they're really struggling. Large corporations are doing well. They've sort of managed their cash flow, but... Yeah, the financial conditions are really tight. But we haven't seen it. And you said you said before that the employment numbers were so strong. So, mm. you know, I mean, he's kind of speculating a bit, isn't he? He's kind of going, like when, when you start saying, well, we could see this and we could see that. Well, yeah, like classic economist yes, talk, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. We, we could see a lot of things, you know. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But yeah, but the the idea that we're we've we've escaped the post COVID downturn, which seems to be what markets are pricing in right now, this that's still to be tested. We're not we're not can't definitively say we're out of those waters. No, but you can't definitively say anything ever. So let's not get too hung up on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thomas, we've been tracking how hard things are for renters right now. Uh, do you have any good news for us? Where are we at? Yeah, no, no, there's no good news at all. Yeah, re- re- the vacancy rates domain data is showing this down to 0.8% in the September quarter, which is uh, record low, lowest level on record. <laughs> I'm familiar with record lows. Thanks. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, record lows, that means lowest on record. Right, that's it, staggeringly low, 0.8%. That's... 0.8% is staggeringly low. 0.9% in Sydney, 0.3% in Perth, which is just ridiculous. Wow. So so 99.7% of vacancies are mm, taken. Rentals, yeah, taken. I'd love to do a tour of the one of the 0.3%, just see why it's still on the market. Like I imagine it's one of those, it might, it's either really like top shelf expensive mm. or it's just dog's breakfast, like yeah, just muck on the walls. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. it, can't, it can't ever, theoretically, it can't be zero because you've got churn in the market, like people leave and things get advertised. Even if they're on the market for a week, that, that should theoretically still come up unless there's real estate agents have wait lists ready to go, but. But yeah, it's it's tight. It's it's ridiculous. It's the now the lowest number of rentals available rentals since two thousand and twelve. Fifteen ah. percent below last year. Thirty four point five percent below the previous five year average. Wow! So it's just crazy tight. Yeah. What was happening in two thousand and twelve? Why was it so tight then? Mm, couldn't tell you. You might not have that data to hand. Probably the beginning of the mining boom. Maybe I don't know. Change over the Mayan ca- Mayan calendar. People wanted to lock in their rentals. <laughs> the Mayan <laughs> calendar. I, just, I don't know what else happened in two thousand and twelve. <laughs> there was an eclipse. Pretty sure. <laughs> uh, when you said the mining boom, I thought you meant like mining the earth, but you're talking about the mining boom. Right. So what does that do to prices? Rent, rental prices must be through the roof then. Are they still going up? Yeah, up, up, up. Yeah, going up. Yeah, growing double digits across the country. Melbourne were growing at 6% in the quarter, which if you annualize that gets you close to 24% a year, that kind of pace. So just stupid, really. It really is ridiculous. Right. What do we do? I don't know there's anything you can do. <laughs> this is the worst break ever. This is like, I was feeling good. I'm working four days a week. I've got Mondays off now, sun shining. Now I just want to crawl in a hole, but I probably wouldn't be able to afford even afford hole. the rent of the hole. No, you can't. I mean, no, it is ridiculous. I saw a report saying we're at 1,600 people become homeless every month now in Australia. Yeah, wow, that's that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's messed up. And I think the, the interesting thing is like people like Tim Lawless at CoreLogic were saying like we might be bumping up against an affordability barrier. Like that that pace of rental growth is sort of slowing slightly but not not in a massively meaningful way. And so like we're at some point we're going to bump up against an affordability barrier. But I think the thing to remember with – with rents, if we're talking about housing, we're talking about an essential item. So the end game doesn't hit an affordability barrier. You don't hit a point where people say like, well, I'm just going to not buy housing this month. Mm, yeah, right. You know, it's like water, like what's the price of water, you know, the upper bound for the price of water. Mm. Like it's kind of infinite depending on how much people need it. And I think the, the same sort of true of, of rents, like rents could keep going up as long as there's money to divert from budgets like as long as people have money that they can cut back on spending on and divert to housing 
housing will keep sucking that in for as long as it's tight. Yeah, right. Until you're reaching 100% of your weekly budget on mm. housing, that, that's the upper bound. Yeah. Well, I mean, food food probably comes first, right, and mm. some, some basic True. essentials after that. So what's the upper bound? Like people used to talk about 30% of income being ex- expensive or un- unaffordable rentals, but there's no you know limit in my mind. Like I, I could see it getting to 80% of income. Mm. And which which case, you know, there's no, you're not buying any luxuries. You're not, you're not even setting yourself up well. You're not investing in your health. You're not putting aside money for a deposit. Like you're really trapped. Mm. And I think that's sort of where we're going. And it's, it's bit, it's a bit messed up. Well, at least we haven't uh, bumped up immigration at the same time. That's a, that's the main thing. <laughs> we're just, yeah. <laughs> what, no, immigration, immigration has gone a bit. It's gone a bit wonky, and I think oh. well, it's it's five hundred thousand now in the last financial year, which is you know used to think about one hundred and eighty thousand a year being pretty high. It's now five hundred thousand a year, yeah, and it does seem like particularly with student visas and temporary visas, and and that is well above budget projections. So it does look like mm. either the government decided not to follow the budget projections and just decided 500,000 was good or they didn't quite understand the impact of the temporary visa story. So Claire O'Neill was saying that, you know, people haven't been leaving in the numbers that they used to. So that's why we've got more people than we normally have. But whatever the case, 500,000 is problematic. And Shane Oliver at AMP was out the other day saying, we need to rein that back. We need to calibrate immigration to match housing capacity, not the other way around. Yeah. Otherwise, and this is not the, this is not the, Nothing against the people who are who are immigrating. This is like everyone's going to be. It's not going to be a good time for anybody, no. you know, because um, ev- everyone's going to be in the same boat looking for a rental. Whether you're from Australia initially or you've come from somewhere else, then um, you're all going. Everyone's going to be looking for a rental. Mm. So doesn't doesn't seem like the best idea. And the the student ones a bit I don't get. Like it's about every uni now offers like online courses. Yeah. Like we're all comfortable with Zoom and and Teams and whatever else. And yet students are still flying in by the busload. I don't I don't get it. Like just still can't we do it online? Yeah, yeah. There's too much money to be made. Universities are a bit of a I don't know. Don't get me started. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'd like to get you started. <laughs> <laughs> sounds intriguing. All right. Uh, if you'd like to hear Thomas's thoughts on universities, send us an email, cbe at equityrates.com. Uh, but for now, let's take a break. Uh, more comedian versus economist right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Welcome back here on Comedian versus Economist. You can send us an email if you like, cve at equitymates.com or via the website equitymates.com forward slash cve or you can get us on Instagram and Facebook at CVE Podcast. Thomas, uh, this is the next installment in our series, AI Ruins Everything. Uh, this time, management consultants. Uh, what's going on with management consultants? I don't, I don't think I feel sorry for management consultants in this in this AI <laughs> revolution. What's going on? Uh, no. Yeah, Harvard Business School uh, released an interesting research paper. Mm. They ran this experiment where they got uh, management consultants at Boston Consulting Group, probably one of the, probably the top management consulting firm in the world, uh, got them to do, a, do some experiments, uh, complete some tasks. Some were control group without ChatGPT4 and another group with ChatGPT4. And found that the ones using ChatGPT finished 12.2% more tasks, completed them 25.1% faster, and achieved results that were 40% higher on quality. So big, big improvement. <laughs> Starting from a low baseline, though, when we're talking management consultants. Well, no, no, no. This, so this, this, the reason why this is interesting, because this is Boston Consulting Group. Like that's the biggest, oh, yeah. the, the biggest fish in that sea. I, I applied for a job for them when I finished university and they're, they're, the way they recruit is they recruit from everywhere, whether it's engineering or you can finish a chemistry degree or anything. You don't have to do anything related to business. Several years on the stand-up comedy <laughs> circuit. <laughs> Help. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> now that I know we can do the job with ChatGPT, I feel like I could. I feel like I could have a crack. Yeah. So, but they the, and so what they and they recruit people and they're looking for people who are super techie and numerate. So, like the job right. interview involved doing things like calculating the volume of a pyramid. You're overseeing the, the construction of a pyramid. Talk me through the production process from calculating the volume of the pyramid, how many stones you're going to need, where you're going to get the stones, how you're going to manage the. Like it, tip it upside down, fill it up with water. Yeah. Done. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the kind of talent they're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> this, this pyramid is four point six gigalitres. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they they were trying to recruit the top, like the the most brainy from the entire university from whatever mm. discipline, and figure we'll just train you later. And they also pay the high. Well, this is true when I, I went through. I don't know if it's true now, but I, I suspect it is. They paid the most. The starting graduate salary for Boston Consulting Group was the highest possible starting salary ah, right. out of university. Yeah, um, and they did. Then they just train train you up, and away you go. So that's right. why I, I thought it was super interesting that even when you take like the most math literate of the university cohort and support them with ChatGPT, ChatGPT helps them be forty percent better than without ChatGPT. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's amazing. How'd you go, by the way? How did you? Oh, I didn't get through. Go? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm um, not particularly numerate. <laughs> yeah. Which is the, oh, yeah. right. Oh, that's the problem. That 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 was the that was the one. The RBA was very disappointed when they found that out <laughs> that I got in by that stage. So. <laughs> I was I wasn't very numerate, so I only got a job at the RBA. <laughs> I mean, it's a rel it's a relative uh, thing. I do not. I have no idea how to calculate the volume of a pyramid. No, no. Fair enough. Mm. And the RBA still have their abacus <laughs> that they uh, hand out to grads. to grads coming in. <laughs> 
Give him a leg up. Boston Consulting, you get ChatGPT4. Yeah. At the RBA, you get given an abacus and a napkin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, so super interesting. And I think the interesting thing the, the, the authors were saying of this report is saying like that what we're looking at here is skill leveling. And so what it means is like even within the Boston Consulting Group's employees, there's still going to be a large skill differential between, you know, your top performers mm. and, your, and your lowest performers. Even though those lowest performers are kind of geniuses in, in any other field, they're still below your top performers at BCG. Um, but ChatGPT levels that out. And so it means wow. you've got, yeah. This is, a, this is huge for people that don't want to excel. Yeah. Like to just do Get enough. Get by, yeah, like, yeah. That's that's kind of in my approach to life is just do enough to get through, and now you can be do enough and be a and top be a performer. top performer. Yeah, yeah. But bad news for your top performers because now you you know you you leveling out your your impact so you can't charge more. You're not you're not creating yeah, the, right. you're not creating that value differential you once were. So you're going to earn less. <laughs> <laughs> what a world we're heading yeah, towards. Yeah. This is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And and the people who are, that, that are paying the consultants are now just getting like chat GPT stuff. So yeah. like does it change the quality of what they're getting or does it change the need for consultants at all? I think I think the, the, the interesting thing, so they gave them a range of tasks and where they found mm. that where chat GPT didn't help was when the task was beyond what they call, quote, the capability frontier of chat GPT. So they gave them one which is where they had to, yeah, they were given interviews with company insiders, this all theoretic, like fictional, interviews with company insiders and financial data from a spreadsheet and then asked them to pinpoint which of the the company's brands held the most potential for growth. Right. And I don't know how they came up with this, but there was only one right answer. Apparently, the the experts had decided. (laughs) I wouldn't expect you to understand, Tom. There's a lot of numbers involved, a lot of low calculations. (laughs) But on on that measure, because it was beyond the, quote, capability frontier of ChatGPT, it was sort of something that ChatGPT wasn't familiar with, using ChatGPT actually decreased the performance of the people using it ah. and people saying became a bit reliant on it. So I think what where, where it's going to get interesting now, like thinking about where you position yourself in the jobs market, you want to position yourself beyond the capability frontier of chat GPT. Mm. That's always going to be shifting. So, you, so the race now is to stay ahead of the capability frontier of chat GPT. I mean, presumably in that case, the capability frontier was just like a local spreadsheet that someone had. Like it's not data that that ChatGPT had access to and some interviews and stuff, some company financials. It was just not data, right? So it was kind of outside of the sphere of ChatGPT's knowledge bank, if you like. Yes, yeah. Uh, there's all sorts of ChatGPT AI stuff now where it's there's ones for business that will go and scour mm. all of your documents across all of your drives and everything inside your company um, and then you get those same insights that you would have got. So I think that will change quicker than... I don't know. I, I wouldn't back myself or anyone else for that matter to stay ahead of the, what do you call it, the capability frontier. That's a that's like standing in front of a tidal wave and, and running. That's yeah, it's, it's not going to end well. Um, I think AI is just going to do everything. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Apparently that was actually PwC's latest defense in their tax scandal was that they were just doing what AI told them to do. Have you considered graft? So- <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Thomas, finally on the show, uh, I hear doomsday preppers can finally get their canned food and gold bars under the one roof. What's going on? Yeah, this is, this is an American story, unsurprisingly, perhaps. Mm. Um, yeah, Costco has uh, it's a discounted supermarket kind of vibe, but they've also started selling one-ounce gold bars. That makes sense. Yeah. This natural product alignment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with, with bulk toilet paper. <laughs> They put it up the front next to the candy bars just for those impulse buys. <laughs> little tempter on the way out. <laughs> uh, I was at the survey the other day and, and the lady behind the counter was actively pushing the chocolate bars. Like, Oh, really? It was like upselling. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm like, just a fill on number six, thanks. She's like, can I interest you in a Snickers? And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. So, but at Costco, anyway, selling, so like actual mm. gold bullion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So minted by, yeah, mints, digital, you get digital certificates with one, one at the rand, that one of the bars comes with a serial number. But yeah, like, and not cheap. So US $1,950. So. What? Yeah. $2,000 mm. for a. A gold bar. Oh, that's bizarre. Because, like, I mean, it's a, it may, mainly bizarre. I'm not saying it's a gold is not worth that, but but everything else at Costco would be like sub a hundred bucks yeah. or something in bulk. Like, I think that Costco wasn't it? They were the ones selling like rotisserie chickens. Oh, chickens! Yeah, yeah, for four dollars a chicken, but you had to buy a minimum of twenty chickens. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think if you were looking to feed a football team and equip them with maybe maybe you're going to make premiership medallions as well, you could melt down the gold ETF when you were buying twenty chickens. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's very weird. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, they're selling out. They limit. You can only buy two at a time. They're limiting it to two per customer, uh, but they're wow. they're off the shelves before they can get them. People, yeah, saying like. The chief financial officer, Richard Galanti, in an investor call said, yeah, when we put them up on the site, they're gone within a few hours. Yeah, wow. Oh, so it's all online. So it's just gold investors. I think it might all be online. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, th- I feel like I feel like it's doomsday preppers. I feel, and that's my, I got no data on that, but I feel like that's my, that's my gut. And I think oh, like, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon, and I reckon it's yeah, Make America Great Again crew who think like, Biden's taking America into into complete rack and ruin, and so time to get gold. They what you reckon? And, that, and these these are the, these people also have two thousand dollars of spare money to to buy bullion with gold yeah. gold bars. Have you seen the trucks and the boats? They they got cash. Some of them have got real cash. True. Yeah, they got bunkers and yeah, yeah, fully yeah. kitted out. Like yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, you know, there's this, this narrative in, on the Republican side of things that the Democrats are destroying the country and we've got to take back the country to stop them destroying mm. it. And that, that's a real narrative that sells. And if you're buying into that, then you're like, yep, get some gold. Mm. I did also see, though, I look on the Costco website and if you use a Costco credit card, and you've got a membership, then you can get 4% cash back ah. on your gold purchase. Yeah, right. Which would be very confusing to your preppers who are trying to get rid of all of their cash <laughs> and put it into gold. <laughs> Here you go. It's 4% of your gold purchase back in cash. What? <laughs> Damn it. 
So what's what's the logic for owning gold then at the moment? Like if we look at like seems like a pain to have to hold this thing that could get stolen or lost or whatever. Like Yeah, I think so. I mean I mean I, I get the value, the store of value argument, mm. but the actual physical gold is it yeah, yeah. There, there are gold ETFs around that you could buy. Yeah. That's yeah, that's right. I mean gold is a funny one like but yeah, it's it, does do well in in crises but like yeah compared to owning an etf like you might think well owning etf gold doesn't protect me from complete financial meltdown oh yeah which is you know yeah and that's a that's true but like i don't know if owning physical chunks of gold protects you in complete financial meltdown either do you know what i mean like if Mm. you've got a you know in a sort of mad max reality Having a, some chunks of gold on your body isn't going to help you that much. Yeah, you can't kind of buy some water from the you know bikey with the mohawk. And it's like mm. I've got some, I've got some gold here, and it's like, well, I'll, I'll just take that. Thanks. Yeah, I'll just take it. And even if, and the value of gold surely doesn't that crash with everything else anyway? I would I mean, think so. Yeah. Who's making wedding rings in <laughs> Mad Max? <laughs> kind of days or yeah. like the utility of gold surely dissipates pretty quickly unless unless everyone goes well we're going to use this as the currency of of the of this dystopian future yeah um which yeah. is possible possible yeah but there's a long there's a long road between like establishing a dominant you know complete financial collapse and then establishing a new dominant currency you got to survive mm. quite a long time i think to get there so yeah and that would be the hard bit yeah. It's a survival bit. It's a survival bit. Yeah. And this is why I think like it's a bit like buying gold bars to prep for Armageddon. It's just I think I think misses and a lot of American libertarian does this to me. It just misses the value of all the social institutions that make life possible. Mm. Yeah. Think like all I need is some tin food and some gold and I'll be right. It's like, no, nah, you need social networks creating a society that you could where that gives gold its value. Yeah. You need police. To yeah, protect yeah. you from people who would take your gold That's and right. your tinned food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the people yeah. buying gold probably also own guns too in America. That's probably a pretty safe mm. bet. Yeah, but there's always someone out there who's got a bigger gun than you have. Bigger gun, yeah. <laughs> Although a lot of them probably beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the size of my gun. Uh, all right, we could, could go on forever. Uh, let's leave it there. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. Um, we would love it if you went and left us a review uh, and gave the show a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. That would be much appreciated. Uh, but other than that, that's all your homework for this week. Uh, for us, it is bye for now. Comedian vs. Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs. Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Comedian vs Economist acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.